0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: With seemingly everyone teleworking, the only way people can meet is through some awkward application or another. Teleconferencing can also mean fresh cybersecurity challenges. To help, the National Institute of Standards and Technology has rushed out some guidelines. And here with what to watch out for, the Director of the National Cybersecurity Center of Excellence, Jeff Green. Jeff, good to have you on.
0: Good to be here. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: I guess it's fair to say NIST is using the same champagne because you're all teleworking also, correct?
0: We are indeed, except for uh, mission critical. We are all now teleworkers, newly christened or, or otherwise.
1: That's right. Somebody's got to keep the chimpanzees alive, if you've got any in there. <laughs> but uh, this, lots of agencies are using lots of applications. I don't know, Skype and Ring Central, and there's dozens of them, I guess. And what are the chief cybersecurity dangers with those?
0: Probably the, the single biggest one from my perspective is is people not realizing that they have a security or privacy risk when they're using conference calls or, or webinars or other web-based tools. You know the way this our initial effort came about was walking in from the parking lot conversation, a couple of us, and we started thinking about how things may change as people go to increase telework. And one of the first things I thought of was in a previous life I was at a security company and I was reusing the same conference call number endlessly and I, and I thought, wow, like that. How did I not realize that was a risk? And and if I, as a paranoid security company worker, wasn't thinking about it, then other people might not be too. And we checked with a few folks and they all had the same reaction. That some some basic guidance to have people just start thinking about this. And and, and that's true in. in telecalls or conference calls, is any type of security, oftentimes the hardest thing is to get people to stop and think about it and actually take a first step. Uh, and once they start working on it and thinking about it, they'll make good decisions, but it's getting people focused and willing to, to actually jump in and try something.
1: And when using some of these applications, they in turn rely on the public network to do their work. And so the tie-in to the Internet or to the phone system, the, the standard POTS phone system, is that an interface that needs to be watched also?
0: You know, it can be the standard pot system. You know, we didn't address that in the guidance, but um, if you are using pure web-based, it's good to know that you're on a network you can trust, whether you know now a lot of home networks or if, if you're connecting, like when I connect to work now, I'm through a virtual private network of VPN. Um, so I have a good level of confidence that that connection is secure. But if you're sitting at the Starbucks, You need to think about, well, I guess we're not doing that now, but if you're out on a public Wi-Fi network, you want to make sure you're using some basic security, VPN or otherwise. And you also need to think about the people sitting around you because you never know who might be eavesdropping when you're out in public. Um, But yeah, paying a little attention base level to how you're connecting is important. Make sure that you're on a secure network.
1: Yeah, it seems like for a long time people were using the lack of social distancing as a way to kind of show off how important they are and babbling about their business on a, on a phone somewhere. And what about agencies that may have security clearance and security and top-secret related types of calls that they have to make? Can these types of public applications be used safely for those?
0: So our, our rule number one in in all of our guidance is – follow your agency's rules, check to see or your organization, your company. So any type of high-level secure call, you're going to have guidance that's going to be there from that agency. They're going to have approved applications methods, and we don't delve into that in our guidance. We're really focused on the general teleworker, be it private sector, government, or there are a lot people that have a lot of virtual happy hours now. Um, And maybe you want to keep a snooper out of that. But um, if you're working at that high side, you definitely want to, your first stop is going to be to check with your supervisors, your security officers, and make sure you follow whatever rules you have there. I suspect there's a lot of work going on in the back end there to make sure that they can adapt to the volume of people who potentially could be remote now.
1: We're speaking with Jeff Green. He's director of the National Cybersecurity Center of Excellence. And so the basic piece of advice then that people can actually do aside from follow policy, uh, what you're saying is just be really careful about passcodes and pins and keep changing them a lot so that maybe past participants can't get in on future meetings.
0: That is an important starting point, but it's also important to think about the nature of the call. Not every call is going to be created equal. You may have a call that is not sensitive at all, and that could be just three people, it could be 300 people. The flip of it, you could have a call with 300 people that is highly sensitive. So, start, you know, once you make that first step of, okay, I need to think about security, the next step we recommend is think about the nature of the topic of the call and think about, you know, view that conversation like you would any data or any document, decide how secure you think it needs to be, how sensitive it is. It could be sensitive business information. Uh, could be personnel information about your employees. It could be personal information. You know, apply the old Washington Post test. This is This something you'd want to see out in the public. And then once you make that determination, we've published a one-pager as part of our blog that gives you some tips depending upon the level of security you think you need. Uh, but it's also important not to lose sight of usability. We don't want to make it too hard for people to connect that they're just going to put aside security because too many complications have come in. So if you have a very public call that's not sensitive, but you are using one-time passcodes that are distributed five minutes before the call, you're going to lose people. You don't need that level of security there. So it's appropriate security to the situation. And once you've started thinking about that security, don't lose sight of the usability because if security gets too hard, it's going to get dropped off too quickly. We want to make this a new practice as opposed to a one-time thing.
1: And are there any special considerations if you are using video chatting or multiple people on video is where you can see people?
0: Yep, uh, definitely video. Uh, You can find plenty of of instances where people have been on video chat and had either sensitive information or including their passwords displayed behind them or their documents can be seen. And the same is true for screen sharing. Screen sharing is really common for, for a good reason. It makes it easy to collaborate. But a couple things that people are generally pretty good about closing things that are open, but they might not think about if you have three tabs open in a browser, someone can, and you only have, you're on the browser you want to show, the browser tab, people can see the titles of the other tabs, so they might get information from that.
1: They could tell you're shopping for toilet paper.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> the desperate search that we're all in right now. The same is true, though, for pop-up alerts, like you may have uh, an email alert pop-up, and, and that can give away information or a text alert or other things. So, if you're gonna be sharing, make sure that anything that could accidentally pop up sensitive information is is not going to happen I mean I've been on plenty of calls where people's emails have popped up and never I've never personally picked up anything sensitive off that you know try not to but but it can definitely happen and you know once the toothpaste is out of the tube you really you're doing damage control
1: yeah with video and uh screen sharing just the possibilities are endless and even if they're not. Cybersecurity, they could sure be embarrassing, I guess. Absolutely. All right. Any other advice that you want to make sure people don't overlook as we go virtual in our interactions?
0: Really think about whether you're recording a call. Some services will record by default, but as with security, you want it to be a conscious choice as to whether you're recording or not recording. And if you do record, and if it is particularly sensitive, Make sure that either you're encrypting it, if you're storing it locally, or if your vendor is, that they're encrypting it. If there's a data leak and it's not encrypted, uh, it's out there. So a lot of these services, as I said, will record by default when you set up your account. So pay attention to that. Whatever you do, you want it to be a conscious choice.
1: I guess maybe one implication then also is that you should use the corporate or agency version the enterprise version where IT can have some control over the controls versus a personal version of these kinds of products.
0: Yeah, if for whatever organization you're a part of, your first stop should be to figure out what they have provided you and follow their rules because that way there's often, you may not even be aware of tools on the back end to try to control it if you make a wrong turn. But if you're doing it on your own, you're much more out hanging out by yourself if there's a problem.
1: Jeff Green is director of the National Cybersecurity Center of Excellence, and that's at the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Thanks so much for joining me.
0: Great. Thanks for having me.
1: We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
0: This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, Always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world.